Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture, and we will. Let's begin with now. Hi, and welcome to episode 305 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. So today's episode is a letter episode with just me. So let's get all cozy. (laughs) And this letter is for those of you who have felt this kind of conflict with food for literally your whole life. We have a letter that I'm really grateful that was sent in from someone who shares their lived experience with needing food very early on, like we all have, but especially so because of some conditions at birth. But then having this family of origin that had a, I don't know how to to say it besides just really, um, conflicting opinion about food and that we don't need it (laughs) and how dare you need it. So what I'm going to be talking about are how as human beings, we have five things that we all need and this significantly impacts our relationship with food. Unfortunately, this letter writer's description of how they were taught to be around food and also how to be how to be around their own needs their unmet needs how to react to them appears to be more the norm than the exception and i tell you what listener i hope with my dying breath that i get to see a world where this becomes the exception not the norm But I have a feeling as you listen to this letter from today, 
that you're going to relate to it. I know all of us can. So before we get to this episode's a letter, there is going to be just a quick sponsor break and then we'll be right back. This episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast is brought to you by PCOS Power. The group program is finally going to be enrolling again, hooray, in January. So if you are listening to this episode when it's released um, early on, and it's not quite January 2023 yet, just hold tight. We will be enrolling the next cohort for PCOS Power in mid-January. We're actually going to start the um, program January 16th, which is the most common day for most folks to drop their New Year's resolutions. The third Monday of January is most often when most of us are like, meh. And we know, we already know that January International Dining Month is going to be a shit show. And so the PCOS Power Team and I want to support you as you are navigating that and all the other things that come with living with PCOS. So PCOS is a group program that has um, my framework that has been developed over the last 20 years working with folks with PCOS to help you increase your energy levels, lower insulin, and balance blood sugar, all without dieting. So you can get to all the details at julieduffydillon.com slash power, and that will give you all the information and what's included in this group program. And you can also get on the wait list. So go to julieduffydillon.com slash power. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcasts. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Hi. We never have a chance to talk, you and I. From babyhood, you have always felt like a tricky necessity in my life. From birth, I had terrible eating issues and made everyone's life hard. Various diagnoses over the decades, but there is a reason, a physical reason why you are a nightmare for me. The first diagnosis was a minor birth defect and pernicious anemia. From babyhood, I had to get shots and was urged to eat a lot. My grandparents were kind and helpful with this. My parents, not at all. To this day, I don't believe the medical reasons why it was so hard and painful to eat. So our relationship from the first was fraught with fear and need. Puberty hit at age 10, and then I was starving all the time from activities and homework and looking after my siblings. A few pounds were put in after I learned salty things did not cause so much pain or nausea, especially chips and crackers and potatoes. Then our relationship became very dark and hidden. My size zero mother with diabetes was a fanatic hater of any carbohydrates and also used food to punish when she was displeased. She was teeny tiny, five feet and X pounds. My father is a big man, not heavy, six foot three, about X pounds, and can eat all he wants of anything and never gains a pound. So I haven't known how to trust you at all. Hunger is a strange thing when food is everywhere and I myself am a good cook and love to entertain and have people over and bake. Sometimes food, it seems you are a stalker of sorts, knowing my every move and desire and trick, what to do to trick me into hopefully trusting you again. Once I was married and able to seek medical attention on my own, my weight stabilized at about X pounds at five foot seven. I thought that was acceptable, but my family and in-laws kept after me to lose X amount of weight. They were aggressive and unkind. Food, you have always been the enemy. Tricky. At times, seductive and irresistible to lead me into misery. None of the rules apply to me, and after the diagnosis of both rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, learning the whole digestive tract had been attacked by these diseases makes so much more sense. The pain, nausea, and cramping, even on top of the fibroid tumors and PCOS that led to an emergency hysterectomy before I was 40. I dearly wish we could work out a good relationship between us. You are an essential part of life and health. I hate it that you are a very bad boyfriend to me. You don't respect my needs and the culture of health, beauty, athletic lifestyles, and bragging wear me out. I know plenty of women that look great, but their eating is skewed and chaotic. They are teaching their daughters this, and it breaks my heart to see. Ages ago, I started to think of you as truly a devil inside and out, which is odd because I am a passionate gardener and preserve and can and make amazing things from our garden orchard and love, love, love to cook. Since I can't live without you or with you very well, It would be wonderful to finally have a good, strong, healthy relationship with you. One so strong, I can ignore culture and magazines and people that think they know how everyone should eat. Just have a good, healthy relationship with us. I, my body, and food. Sincerely, with all my heart, Jennifer. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for this note. 
Thank you for detailing your complicated relationship with food. And I appreciate that there's another listener who can totally relate to having this complicated, twisted relationship with food and body for literally as long as you've been on this earth. And I hinted at the top of the show that there are five things that all human beings have in common. So I want to name them now. Like literally every human being on this planet has these same five basic core needs to stay alive. Oxygen, hydration, shelter or warmth, sleep, and of course, as you can guess, the need, the requirement to stay alive, the basic need for food. So something that's really interesting, Jennifer, about your note is you said from the beginning, food, eating was fraught with fear and need. And I found that phrase fraught with fear and need to be so interesting and very, very important. We all need food, just like we all need to be breathing that we all need to stay warm when it's cold out. (laughs) We all need sleep. And that is so scary. That's what you were taught. That while, yes, it's this eye roll kind of need, that that is something that is so scary. Something that I appreciate from your note, and you know, I'm just gleaning this from the words on the page, So I could be going down the wrong path, but what I got the sense from reading it is that your family of origin wanted to portray, they wanted to portray for the world that y'all didn't need food, that there are no needs for food. And I wonder, whenever someone has that kind of very direct kind of specific rigidity with food. And it may not be that you don't need food. There's different types of relationships with food, of course. Whatever your relationship with food is, it's going to mirror other things in your life. And so if your family of origin portrayed this belief that we don't need food, I wonder where else this shows up. Like I even wonder if you could plot out or imagine that your family of origin liked to portray that there were no needs, that we do, we are not going to be a burden. This may come up in so many areas. Like don't ask too many questions. Don't accept um, things from the government. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking about like welfare or something like that. Um, Just do a job. Don't ask for too much. No needs. Again, I could be going down the wrong path, but that's something that I'm wondering about. Keep in mind for you, the listener, even if you don't relate to that in your family of origin, just remember though that your relationship with food, the more you unpack it and sift through it and understand it, I always encourage you to ask, where else am I seeing this in my life outside of food? Because food, our relationship with food is going to mirror that. It's such a fucking fantastic kind of, uh, I don't, principle, I guess we could say. It's just, 
So amazing how this happens over and over again. So anyway, for you, Jennifer, I wonder if if there were no needs, if your family of origin was not allowed to need food or not allowed to need, was your body then just there to please others by having an outer shell? And that's why you didn't have a need for food because it really wasn't to be nourished and taken care of outside of just being acceptable or pleasing to someone else. Having this entry into the earth with anemia and a birth effect where literally eating was the prescription. <laughs> like not only do we all need food, infants need it around the clock. They can't even get continuous sleep yet because they need so much food. And that's already a requirement, already a prescription for all human beings, and even more so for babies. But then with a condition that you are being prescribed that food was even more important, that your family still couldn't actually accept it. Um, It just shows how permanent, rigid this belief has taken up in like your family tree and your genetic family of origin. And that's a lot. So if you are getting to a place that you feel really oh, just so fatigued with it all, just feeling so impatient with your own recovery. This is why it's a really rigid set of of beliefs that have been passed down to you probably for many generations. Something that I just want to further kind of highlight how I think this is showing up for you is even how your parents have taught you about bodies. And I wonder if there's a dynamic with gender, um, the way you talked about your mom being teeny tiny and is fanatic. I I think that's the word you use, fanatic, about restricting the very macronutrient carbohydrates that our brain requires in order to not not go brain dead. Like we need carbohydrates. I know some people are going to be sending me some DMs and emails for that statement, but we need carbohydrates. I still believe it. And I know it to be true in order to not go brain dead. But in order to say to the world, I don't have any needs. I'm not going to take up much space and I'm going to be pleasing to others by my outer shell. Your mom will literally restrict and punish herself in order to have that kind of outcome. Yet your dad is a big man. He takes up space and he takes what he wants. He may be this kind of metabolic anomaly, but is he really? You know, that's something that for folks who don't have a long history of dieting, who've never weight cycled or yo-yo dieted, their weight usually is going to stay pretty steady. Like as we get older and as we're able to stay alive longer, it's expected for weight to go up. That's just part of staying alive longer. It's how we stay alive. And for those who don't go on many diets that have permission to eat as much as they want, to take up space, 
of course, there's going to be less white cycling. <laughs> um, there's going to be less of that going on. And lucky for him. And again, where else does this show up? You know, he's able to take up the space that he wants and eat as much as he wants. I wonder. And it's also like, that's a considered a good thing. He's a big man, you know? And um, I just think that's a really interesting, another kind of complicated layer to your relationship to your body and, and to food. I'm really grateful that you described your experience in puberty. You know, you described this experience of increased hunger. What I know to be true between the ages of seven and 10, there's lots of developmental milestones that we go through with how we experience our body. We start to, like at seven, we start to understand the permanency of death. So that also helps us to appreciate how life is precious. We also start to realize that we are separate beings and the world doesn't revolve around us and that others see us. And at the same time, we start to be able to name and notice feelings and hunger can kind of be in that grouping. So yeah, you're starting to like name, oh, I'm hungry. This is hunger. And of course, during a puberty, we're going to have an increased need for hunger. It's the time where we need like more food than the rest of our life outside of infancy. <laughs> and we are going to gain. We are going to gain weight. Um, I can't remember the exact amount. I When I first started this podcast, I was closer to the time where I worked with lots of adolescents. But I want to say it's 40 to 70 pounds is kind of the average amount of weight gain during puberty. And so we're supposed to gain weight. And that's only the average, by the way, too. We, all kids, all adolescents do and should gain weight. And, I, you know, we can't hold our breath during this time. So for some kids, they, and then people after puberty, they may find that they're able to restrict differently than they are during adolescence. Of course, there's exceptions to this, but because of the biological pull to go through adolescence and meet all the requirements, hunger is going to be a lot more intense. You finding these tools, you know, for you, letter writer, you finding these foods and eating them and gaining weight was and is your strength. It's not a weakness. I appreciate that you did not outline it as something that was a strength, but it was. You are being a successful human. Because remember, there's just five basic needs. Food is one of them. And so you did it. You did what you're supposed to do. So the way that I'm appreciating what it was like to be in your family of origin is being a human was outlined as existing to be measured, no needs, take up less space, no sounds, no pleasure, unless it was for others. You know, looking pretty, probably being demure, such a word. Um, <laughs> But you described your relationship with cooking and canning as fun, yet there's still this disconnect. Even though you love cooking, I get the sense it's for other people. This is this kind of experience of creating eating experiences 
for others and not having the permission for yourself is a textbook experience for many people with eating disorders. It's a way that eating disorders invade our relationship with food. Like food is pleasurable, yet not for you. Food is seen and observed, yet yet kept at a distance. So I'm not surprised that food is considered the devil, even when you love cooking. I, this is where I go deep with this, because I am wondering, like, again, food is seen and observed, yet kept at a distance. And I wonder if that's sort of like you, like you're kept from the real you. It's measured and rigid and fitting in this box. That's really not you, the person. And food in this whole process, has food really been the one that's disrespected your needs? Is food really the violator? What if the world's requirements for you that were passed on to you from generations and your family of origin, what if the world's requirements for you are the ones disrespecting you? What then? What, what do you do next? So to move forward, something that I encourage you to just meditate on are t- uh, two things in particular. Food is not broken. And number two, your body is not broken. Food is not broken. Your body is not broken. Here's what's broken. The tools you were given about food and bodies is. The tools you were given about food and bodies is broken. I encourage you right now to question everything. Something I always used to tell my clients who were cooking and preparing a lot of feasts for people or were really into it, really found a lot of pleasure in that is like, if you cook it, you got to eat it. (laughs) Because remember, food is like breathing. Food is like the oxygen that we need. It's literally in the same five items that we require to remain a human being on earth. Oxygen and food are equal. So whenever you think of food as the enemy, the one trying to trick you, I encourage you to take a deep breath. Feel feel the air filling your lungs and let it out. Feel the air filling your lungs and let it out. Connect to that truth in that moment. Feel the air filling your lungs, let it out. Connect to how oxygen breathing has been this requirement, this need, life. And then remember food is the same. Name the real enemy here, the tools that are distracting you from your truth and the truth of the universe. All right. So I see that food has written back. But before we get to Food's Letter, this episode was brought to you by PCOS Power. Remember, it's enrolling in early January. Get to all the details and the waitlist at julieduffydillon.com slash power. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I would totally appreciate if you shared this episode with someone or subscribed. Doing those two things helps the show grow more than anything else. If you haven't left a rating or review, that also is significantly super important for me, more people to find the show. And we thank you in advance for your support. All right, we're going to get to food letter, but until next time, take care. Dear Jennifer, from the start, our relationship has been filled with lies, not from evil reasons, rather because every generation before you was told this is what is needed to stay alive and relevant. We wish you knew your need for food and its pleasure does not make you weak or lazy or less than. Food is not your weakness. We are not here to trick you or make you less than. We literally are here to help you be, to meet your needs, to connect you with your essence. These lies are keeping you from you, from fully being aware of your beauty, strength, complexity, and preciousness. Continue to question what you were taught. As answers become known, there will be more space for you and the rest of humanity. We need this now more than ever. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book fiend, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.